Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Besides being internationally renowned designer, Stacey Garcia is a successful entrepreneur who has partnered with some of the world's leading manufacturers and retailers to create products that span from floor to ceiling. Her designs have been featured on QVC, where her style is accessible to nearly everyone. While her exclusive draperies, rugs, wall coverings, furniture, and accessories adorn the rooms of some of the world's and most luxurious hotels and resorts, including Marriott, Hyatt, and Hilton. That's why it's not surprising that she's currently featured in the most prestigious interior design magazines, including Architectural Digest and Traditional Home. Hello, Stacey, and welcome to Back to Basics. Thank you for having me as your guest. How are you today? I'm very excited, very excited, because I don't think I've had many, many guests in your line of business. And and this is very exciting because I know that is one of those, uh, let's say, career paths, occupations, passions that a lot of people maybe can relate to, like musicians. You know, I've had musicians, actors, and it's one of those where, you know, you have to be really good or really talented or really connected to make it. So I'm very excited about listening to your journey and discovering if if younger Stacy always thought of herself as somebody that would be doing this or how was the path to get you to where you are? Yeah, no, it's, you're right. You know, I think to, it's brave uh, to go and follow your heart, no matter what your path is. So, you know, you're, you're correct. Some, some of these feel scarier, I think, than others, especially if you're the parent of a person who has this creative inclination, because there's always that fear in a non-traditional career, how is my child going to support themselves? And um, so you're right in asking the question, but the younger Stacey, you know, sort of the answer is yes, this was something I always thought I would do. This was always something that I had a passion for, for the arts and for design, but it sort of starts earlier. I think So many of us, we have these passions when we're children, and some of us are lucky to be surrounded by adults who help to fan the flame, you know, fan the Mm. flame for you, and to encourage you to follow your passion and not to just uh, chase the money, you know, not to just be logical, but to actually follow your heart. So I was fortunate that I had parents who were quite young when they had me. And I, I joke uh, in my bio, and one of my bios says, you know, I was lucky because my parents were hippies. So <laughs> I was a child of the 70s. I was born in the early 70s. And so my parents met in the 60s and they were following the Grateful Dead around on a motorcycle in the New York City village at the time. And so, you know, when they started to have children, when they had me and my sister and my brother, they were still very free-spirited, I'm going to say. And so ultimately, I grew up in a house that was very encouraging. And the mantra in our home was find your passion, Mm, find your passion. And, you know, you will figure out how to make money, but you have to love what you do. 
And it's interesting because I still hear them say that now, you know, to my own children. Mm, I love that. And, and, you know, I love that you bring that point. And obviously, in all my conversations, the family life always comes into play in terms of the kind of parents people have. And for instance, like my parents were more like, find your passion, but make it like they were more logical, like, but find it within business. Uh, (laughs) For my dad, even a lawyer wasn't an option. Like he was very set on, on what he wanted to study. And it's a responsibility as parents. So I love that you mentioned it because for all parents out there, I know it's kind of, you know, when they say, I want to be a professional soccer player, which a lot of kids say these days, it's almost like you don't want to be completely responsible by buying into that dream, but you have to, I love how you say, find the flame and see if there's enough in that flame to really make that transcend to a full, uh, you know, career path. Right. And even if it's not, you know, I think what's interesting is I have friends who I know you interview lots of successful people on this podcast. And I have friends who have sort of found ways to spend their career in their passion, even if they're not the ones on the playing field. You know, maybe they're maybe they're a sports announcer. I have a friend who went into public relations and she ended up working for uh, the NHL, the National Hockey League. You know, she was just a total sports fanatic. Um, so she was the kid who grew up, you know, in, in New York being the ball girl, you know, on the field, you know, as a, you know, these volunteer positions, you see the kids, you know, she always loved sports and she was not, you know, the biggest athlete, but she ended up following that passion, uh, in her career path as well. And I think it's the same thing. You know, some of it is going to be, do you have the, the talent? Do you have sort of the determination almost more than the talent to get good at whatever your calling is? And do you have the environment to to grow? You know, that environment that allows you to, to have trial and error, to make mistake, to, to go after your passion. And not all of us are fortunate, you know, not all, not to say not fortunate, but not all of us had that kind of very free-spirited um, childhood. And I think that's okay too. You know, I've, I've seen success on both sides where you grow up structured and you sort of make the leap in the other direction or you make the decision as an adult. You know, you you sort of gain autonomy as an adult. I think it's scarier at that point because you have more to lose. You have more yes. responsibility. You know, you're you're a grown-up at that point. So, you know, to make those leaps the older you get, sort of the harder it becomes to some extent. But I, I think it can be done at any chapter. You know, to me, that sort of transition into adulthood for all of us is when we recognize that we actually do have autonomy over our own life and the way that we get to spend it. Yeah, I love that. And as a parent, what I try to convey is the idea of everything is possible. I think once you embed that into the young's mind, you know, because I know there are people that grow up very you know, skeptical, cynical, you know, and, and so that's really hard to lose once is is what they call the limiting belief, you know, yes. that they say, no, everything is not possible. But once that has been planted, no matter what happens to you, the successes, the failures, I believe you can always go back to say, well, but if everything is possible, then maybe let me try this once more and then just open up to possibility. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, and I don't remember when this started, but I've owned my own business now for almost 25 years. And uh, I have multiple businesses that I own, but the first business I started 
I started in my 20s and I've been operating it for, you know, next year will be our 25th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, it's one of those things, look, as a a women-owned business too, there's a very small percentage. So only 2% of women-owned businesses ever cross the million-dollar mark. Mm. And, you know, we've done that twice in terms of having two businesses that have scaled, you know, to that point and then beyond. And it's, it's not an easy feat. You know, you don't grow up with a lot of mentors in that field. And I, I don't know, you know, like you were saying with the limiting beliefs, you know, not only was I fortunate to find a career in art and design that really has kept my passions fed, but also that putting that fear aside to make those leaps into things. So at some point it was just kind of like, well, why not, you know, became mm. the mantra, like, mm. well, why not? you know? Mm. And I think there's that piece of me that always wants to prove, you know, that it can be done, whatever the it is. And so, you know, for me, it's like a game, it's become this challenge, whether it's creating a new collection, you know, new textile collection, new techniques, you know, with our partners and our manufacturers that we're producing, you know, pushing the limits on design, but also, with different challenges, you know, sort of leveling up, no matter what it is that you're working on, career, family, personal growth, you know, sort of whatever those dreams are, why not? I love it. I love it. And my audience knows this, but I share in a very special episode of when I had my, my, you know, major breakdown in my life, my motto, I exiled myself to France and my motto became for guapa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so the other day I was talking to somebody and she said, Por quapa? And I said, I always say that. I said, I know, I heard it on your podcast. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, people are listening. But in any case, so we definitely relate there. And so would you say that your own transition when you were, you know, as a young adult, did you choose a career that I'm imagining fashion and design? Was that seamless or did you ever have like a point where you doubted what the path was. I'm always very curious about those, you know, pivotal moments in one's lives. Yeah, for me, you know, and I'll kind of go go back in time. You know, there were kids that are sporty kids and they're getting the trophies on the field. You know, there are kids that are into theater and they get the parts on the stage. And I was sort of a kid who, it's not like I had this talent oozing out of me. What I had was a creative mind and just sort of a love for using my hand and using my creative ideas. And so I started to take classes. So in terms of the after-school activities, you know, this goes back to even elementary school. I would do hand building with clay and we'd be sitting and, and rolling out the clay into little coils to make hand, handmade clay pots. And so that was an activity I would do, let's say every Wednesday after school. And then I took one that was a sewing class, you know, learning how to sew these things. And at the end of the four-month class, you know, we, we had sewn and, you know, cut the fabric and sewn and stuff. This looked like mother goose, you know, like a um, stuffed animal thing. And then the next class I took was dollhouse furniture making. So I was fortunate to live in an area or to have a mother who went, I'm going to find these crazy things because my <laughs> child seems to love it. You know, and I would come home so excited about, you know, we, I remember like yesterday, you know, this is 40 years ago cutting up these little pieces of materials to create, you know, what looked like a big outdoor chair. Like it looked like these woven chairs that you would get, you know, out of Mexico with the big back and like these beautiful wicker pieces. 
and we were cutting it and taking this little rickrack and the glue and just very, very carefully putting these little chairs together that mimic like these big pieces that I saw in real life and imagine these going into my dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And that sparked the next chapter where I would come home and, you know, many children play with the dollhouse. This is not mm-hmm. something new. Mine was decorating the dollhouse. So mm-hmm. my, my pastime at home, I would spend hours rearranging the furniture and putting up, I would take um, wrapping paper and tape it to the walls, like glue it to the walls, make wallpaper. And I remember taking my brother's baseball cards because there was a boy who lived in my dollhouse in the family uh-huh. and collaging these baseball cards into the little boy's room to make a very cool, you know, sort of um, wallpaper out of this or pattern out of this, you know, e- immersive spaces. And that's how I spent my time. And I think, you know, those were the early seeds that were planted of just really using your mind to imagine something and then being able to craft it with your hands and see it in real life. And that mm-hmm. sort of, you know, sparked for me what became my career. And, and I ended up really just continuing on in the arts and honing my craft as we went along. Mm, that's so inspiring. And, and really, I mean, of course, your info and the webpage, you have several companies under the same umbrella, but really, um, would you say like your biggest brand, would, would it be Stacey Garcia Home or what, what's the brand or the, or the line that yes. you're the most proud of? Yes. I, I mean, I'm proud of them all. It's like saying, what's your favorite child? Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I would say, you know, on the retail side, Stacey Garcia Home is really where we're focusing our energy and attention. And that's really all about bringing uh, my personal style, which I call modern eclectic, Mm -hmm. that style home. And for me, that's sort of clean lines. It's an edited look. It has a contemporary aesthetic, a contemporary nature to it. But I don't like things that feel so overly curated that you're afraid to live in it. So, you know, for me, the spin, I call it modern eclectic, because I like a home that has sort of that clean background, but then gets layered with pieces that make you smile, that get layered with pieces that bring you joy, and that gets layered with pieces that reflect your own personal style and personality. And so the way that I like to design is to leave room, to leave space for the humanity to enter the room, you know, to leave space for the personal stories to be told in those areas. And that might be through pattern, layering some pattern pieces. That might be through things that have been collected or passed down over time that the people who are living in that home or apartment that they love, that makes them smile. It doesn't have to match anything. And mm-hmm. so it's really about you know that personal curation against a contemporary backdrop. And I love materials. You know, To me, material is the soul and essence of the item. So you know, I, I think items have energy. Uh, home decor, all of the things we surround ourselves with have energy in them. And uh, so for me, the materiality of the piece too is sort of like a language in and of itself. So the Stacy Garcia home brand really helps to bring that aesthetic forward, this modern eclectic home decor. And it, you know, the color palettes evolve with the seasons. We're doing right now really beautiful brights. We have a new pillow collection, wallpapers. We're actually working on a pop-up shop that's going live next week in uh, a store called Nebraska Furniture Mart. 
And they have three locations, one in Omaha, one in Kansas City, and one in Texas. So we're really excited to have this sort of whole curated lifestyle on their retail floors and on their website, really showing how the products live together, but inspiring people. My goal is that people should find joy in their spaces, that they should be happy, and that home should really be a place where they feel their best, their most at peace, their most at ease, and where they're they're really able to be the best version of themselves. And I Mm. think the space that you surround yourself in really can have an impact on your emotional well-being and Mm. how you present yourself to the world when you're ready to leave for the day. Mm, That's amazing. And I mean, of course, uh, I'll... I'll share the link, but in what I saw, and I have to say, I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your brand, but I was like, wow, this is nice. And (laughs) complimenting the line is beautiful. And so, you know, I think definitely, you know, I'm a fan already because it's, I guess, I have eclectic uh, modern style too. It's okay. Yes. My style, what I saw. But so I want to just go back a moment with, uh, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there being that it's a design uh, fashion career or something like, again, as I mentioned, you have one of those, you know, you created a company out of your passion. And there's so many people out there that say, well, I want to do the same, but I just don't know how to do it. And so if you were back into the moments where you really could have dropped everything or make it, or what do you think were the, that those defining factors? Was it somebody you met? What it's uh, an opportunity you weren't expected? What would you say was a defining factor or a few defining factors to, to be where you are? And to start my own company, I think some, the first thing is to even know that you want it. So, you know, the first thing, like you said, for people out there listening, is to sort of be quiet enough with yourself to think about, What is it that your heart really wants? And then the next question is, okay, what are my action steps? You know, because the first thing, and I I find it all the time, you know, we have these ideas and when we're really in our quiet space, sometimes it's taking the dog for a walk or, you know, just you're lucky where you are, you know, you stroll on the beach or whatever it is. Sometimes it's in the shower, right? It's normally we have our best ideas when we're alone and we're not, you know, surrounded by technology and we just kind of commune with ourselves and our thoughts. And so it's having that idea first. The next thing that usually happens, you know, the next phase of the idea is what a great idea. The next phase is that's a terrible idea. It will never happen. (laughs) Yes. So I like to say, you know, you have to just the action in between those two thought process is where the magic happens. So Mm. it's sort of like, what a great idea. That's a terrible idea. It will never work. I think you have to action anyway and just keep making steps toward progress. And today it's like never been easier to go onto your, to have a business. You know, when I started almost 25 years ago, I, there was barely a, an internet, you know, there was a barely a worldwide web. So um, I had to sign up for a class at a local college, but it was an action step. You know, it was the same thing. I went to art school. I, I had a dream that I would have my own business. I had no idea how to, start a company, run a company, read a a balance sheet or do accounting or all of the things, you know, and I would have overwhelmed myself if I worried about all of them. And so I just picked something and I started. So for me at the time, that something was, I'm going to sign up for a class to learn how to incorporate a business. Mm -hmm. That was my first step. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a local community college at night and I took this class for the eight weeks or whatever the class length was. 
And that was the first, you know, that I was even exposed to the various type of corporations, you know, the kind of entities you can set up. And, you know, those were things I didn't know. I I had never heard of them. So now I had knowledge. And with that knowledge, I was able to then action step. Okay, now I'm going to incorporate a business. Today, you you know, you ask uh, Google or Alexa and you find out in two minutes, you know, how to set up a company. So I think those are the things you just take the action steps. Okay, you know, go online and and research and then start, you know, put put your action in place one step at a time. And to know that every day is a chance to continue your own growth, ultimately, that, you know, whether that means starting the business, growing a business, doing something new, every day we wake up and we feel a little nervous is a day that you say, okay, I'm pushing out of my comfort zone, which means I'm growing. It's mm-hmm. one thing, you know, I remember reading at one point, um, it, and I can't remember which actor it was, but it was a Broadway actor who said, you know, they were probably 80 at the time. I still get butterflies before the curtain opens. Mm-hmm. And they say, that's how I know I'm alive. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of those butterflies. I think I do the same thing, you know, even still today, challenging myself, challenging my team to tackle new goals and objectives, a lot of the things we've never done before, like this pop-up shop, right? This was an example. We had never done a pop-up shop with a retailer, but you have the idea and then you have the meeting and then, you know, it's just each day, it's more, a little more progress, a little more progress until, you know, you wake up and you go, okay, wow, we're here. You know, it's, I'm going to be in the store and then, you know, I'll be there in 10 days to visit two of the locations, but it's been two years in the making. Mm-hmm. So, you know, none of this is like an overnight process. And I think each day, if you have a dream to start a business, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other every day. Eventually you turn around, you look over your shoulder and you see how far you've come in two years. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful advice. And I, and I want to go back to something you said earlier, but that's completely, you know, aligned to what you're saying is, do you have the determination to get good? And I think that's eventually what the biggest block people experience like they might feel the passion they know it's good but do you really want it enough to get and out of that comfort zone out of whatever your life looks like right now and I always said you know I I I used to say I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast but I used to have a boyfriend that was a surfer here in Florida and he would have to go drive up you know, to go surf. And then the opportunity came to move to California. And even if we were dating, I say, you should go because it's California. You're going to, you're going to surf every day. And so when he put so many excuses around it, but he always said, I want to live in a place where I can surf. I say, if the opportunity comes and you don't take it, then maybe you don't want it enough. And, but accepting that is also tough, like accepting that that dream, that cozy dream that you put on the corner and you can always go back to, oh, if I if I live in a place where I can surf, you know, you can always escape. But once you realize you don't want it enough, you cannot escape anymore. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, probably the thing that keeps me going is sort of, I'm going to say the fear of regret. You know, mm-hmm. I just, one of those things that has stuck with me is I never want to turn around, you know, whatever it is. I mean, old age is not uh, guaranteed to anybody. And so, you know, you try to get up every day, be the best person you can be, you know, in my case, be the best mother I can be, the best wife I can be, the best daughter I can be, but then also to be the best version of myself. You know, I've, I've had these dreams, they continue to evolve, they continue to grow and change. And, but I want to get up and push myself to, 
continue to grow every day, you know, to learn something new to there's a saying famous author called Stephen Covey. He calls it Mm -hmm. sharpen the saw. He wrote the seven habits of highly effective people. And right. He's, you know, just one of the gurus. And that was one of his things was sharpen the saw. And what that means is that, you know, he, he always used the, the example, you know, if you're cutting, you have your saw or your ax, you're going up to cut a tree, you know, you'd be there for hours sweating how much more successful would you be? You know, say, well, why don't you take the time and just sharpen your ax or sharpen your sword? No, no, I have no time. You're sweating, you're sweating. You know, you're trying to cut down this tree. If you would just take the 10 minutes, 20 minutes, make sure you have a sharp blade. It will go through, you know, save you an hour of work, save you two hours of work, you know? So it's, to me, the sharp and the saw is every day get up and try to learn something new to give myself a new skill set to do my job better, to grow my company better, to make it easier, you know, when I'm working with the sharp start to cut down, you know, whatever tree it is we're trying to chop metaphorically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's uh, a piece of it too, you know, not wanting to turn around at the end and say, I regret the person I could have become. I just didn't ever take the time to invest in myself or to go after those dreams. And to me, that's the scariest thing ever. Hmm. That's, that's, uh, you're definitely full of wisdom. I'm not surprised why, Stacy. you're doing so good. And your, your, I think your light and your energy does radiate through your, to the line I've seen online. So that's incredible. So, you know, besides the pop-up store, I always give a, 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 my guests a chance to share anything else that you're working on that you want to share. Is there anything we haven't discussed that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, well, I would say about two years ago, we actually put up our website. So I do have an e-com shop as well, where you can sort of experience the aesthetic and the love that comes through my passion for home decor. And that is shopstacygarcia.com. And so you'll see all of our beautiful collections of rugs and there's a, the rugs that have a great sustainability story. So they're made with uh, recycled water bottles that's done in partnership with uh, Karistan, which is owned by Mohawk Home. So great product that manufactures those for us and beautiful wall coverings. And actually, one of our newest wall coverings that's not online yet, so stay tuned for that one, is a beautiful butterfly. It's sort of this gorgeous tropical butterfly, but it it features this mariposa. And it reminds me, I know people have different symbols, but you know, for me, it's this energy. Uh, my grandmother passed and I always felt that she would come back as a butterfly. I know a mm. lot of people sort of have that symbol. Some people have feathers, you know, everybody has things that connect them. But I, I feel like this is one that was a very personal piece. And the original piece was done as a watercolor artwork and then was created into a beautiful wall covering. So we have these gorgeous peel and sticks. And, um, you know, to me, I see them as a feature wall, a powder room. I'm going to put it up in uh, our kids have this great playroom and I have a neon sign that says this must be the place, you know, just trying to make this uh, really fun for my teenagers. So, you know, to me, it's not something that has to be relegated to uh, only children. But, you know, I think anyone who has that love like I do of color and uh, that kind of spiritual connection will love this design as well. So that one's coming out. So you have to kind of always check back on the shop to see what's new. Well, I know I'll look it up for my daughter who loves butterflies. And so I will keep looking. And so, you know, the the, the last question I, I like to ask my guest is, is about, you know, what, how this podcast was born, which is how do we stay connected to what makes us stick? 
And, you know, in those days where that passion is hard to find and you as a business owner, as a fellow business owner, I yes. know there are many days where you wonder, it's like, this is not why I'm doing this. This is not, and you feel that your day is full of the, all those things that you don't enjoy doing. And it's, you know, you look for things that you enjoy. What are your go-tos or what's any practice, anything you can share when you need to resource yourself? What is it that makes you reconnect with yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I have kind of a two-part answer. So number one is sometimes you just need to step away, you know, give yourself a time out as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's okay. You know, I think as a society, we're realizing that their mental health is as important as physical health to our overall well-being, to a holistic well-being. And so there are going to be days that you just need a time out. And that might be for 10 minutes or, you know, an hour. And that might mean taking the day off. And that might mean a long weekend, you know, it means something different to different people. For me, sometimes those, my time ads tend to be reconnecting in nature. I find nature brings down my blood pressure. It gives me a sense of peace. I breathe better and I can just think. And, you know, for me, that thinking part helps me problem solve and helps me reconnect with what it is that my soul and my spirit is trying to communicate with me. Mm. And we're all put here for a purpose. I believe that. And so, you know, the reconnection, that kind of time out is number one, if you're really having a moment. But number two is sort of counter to that. So one side is very feminine, sort of spiritual. My other side is a little more of my masculine energy, which says sometimes, um, you know, we take pause, maybe it's the 10 minutes. Sometimes we have to do what we don't feel like doing. And sometimes even if it's a bad day, you know, as a business owner, as a leader, as a leader of yourself, you have to show up. And so you choose, we all choose how we show up every day. And many times what I found is even though I don't like to do certain tasks or I'm having a moment or we're having a day or there's stress, whatever it is that's happening in our space, the action of it, which is a much more masculine energy, sometimes you have to just sort of push through by doing the action anyway, doing the activity anyway. And what you find is just the act of moving build your momentum, build your confidence. And that actually is better than sort of dwelling in it. So sometimes just getting it done, just starting to take, even if it's one step at a time, helps you be solution-driven and action-driven. And the stress that you were feeling, many times I find, and I, I see it with my team too, they'll have a to-do list a mile long and you start to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. I'm never getting through this. And my thought, you know, and, I, and I'll say to them, you know, the longer you sit and look at the to-do list, the more overwhelming it becomes. The only way to tame the beast is to just start to do. So mm -hmm. go. It probably, and some of the items I am I'm, uh, at fault for myself, you know, sometimes the items are things that are a two minute thing and mm -hmm. you just have been putting it off for so long. And so just action, just roll your sleeves up. Um, I used to have a trick. So this, you know, before this became habit for me, uh, one of the tricks I used to do was set a 15 minute timer. Any activity, you know, if the 15 minutes feels overwhelming, start with five. You know, you can do anything for five minutes, even the things like receipts, <laughs> even expense reports. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, you can do yes. anything for five minutes and then you find, well, now I can do it for 10 or 15. And so I used to have to set a timer and say, okay, I'm just going to do this 15 minutes and I'm going to put it away. I'll do 15 minutes again tomorrow. And that action taking many times is really becomes exceptionally motivating and confidence building. 
Mm, well, you you definitely have shared a lot of good tips here and, and how to become even more efficient, more connected. So this has been a great interview, Stacey. I'm very grateful that you said yes to this interview. And, and you know, we definitely be on the lookout and best of luck on all the incredible things you're, you know, achieving. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. And I'm so appreciative to have the opportunity to speak to you and all of the listeners out there. And I hope we brought a little bit of light and love and joy your way today. So thank you again. Thank you. And all of you out there, thank you so much for joining us. And until the next episode of Back to Basics. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.